The motherfucker runs a racist fucking grocery. The motherfucker won't sell an apple to a kiwi. The fight's gonna get vicious and malicious. Cut the crutches. I need my red delicious. I'll get the kiwi. My money isn't better. Gonna dice the motherfucker like a motherfucker fruit salad. Granny Smith up and avocado. Mango. And pop an apple in his ass, yeah. <laughs> the season one episode had Aziz Ansari in it, actually. Okay. I love this show. I mean, this is a great show. I don't know if you've watched it. I haven't it. seen it, no. I should. It's, it, you know, it's sort of a musical in the sense mm-hmm. that they, they have these musical interludes where they do these, right. these silly songs. Um, but it, it, it's just it's it's a sort of farcical show about two uh, two New Zealanders in New York trying to get you know they're 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 living day to day and trying to to find then they have their uh, Riz Darby plays their manager okay it's really good just check it out sometime okay I will will you I will no it sounds good. Sounds. Uh, I was actually thinking today whether Allie was old enough to appreciate any Monty Python. Uh, sure. Yeah, she's. At, I, I think she's at kind of the right age, especially for like. Yeah. I mean, the, like does she? Parrots get. Does she know the Holy Grail story at all? Because mm. I, I mean, I don't know if you need to know the whole. Like the Holy Grail is a very, very silly movie. She has Monty Python and the Holy mm. Grail. It's a great. Like I, I remember, I, I think there's probably too much downtime in Holy Grail. I remember people like when I was a kid. I remember people quoting it and, and thinking, yeah. "Oh, that's dumb." And finally watching it when I was like 14 and laughing. Well, my 14, silly I, ass 10, off. 10 and 14, I think is a big difference, right? I think there's, yeah, I think there's. She would, she would get it on this like just barely superficial level right now, and. There'd be too much boring. Well, then there, then, then you might want to go for a more sort of sketchy one, like. Uh, um, I was thinking like just a couple of skits out of um, Flying Circus, right? Right, like, but yeah, you know, like I think she would like appreciate the Dead Parrot skit. Sure, Dead Parrot's yeah. a good sketch. Uh, I mean, classic. Maybe um, the cheese shop. I mean, you know. Uh, the one where where they have the, all, all the world leaders on, and they put them into a quiz. <laughs> I forget what that one was, but yeah. uh, like, um, oh, that, that's a little meta. I don't know. It, it, there, there's, oh, but no, I was thinking of the meaning of life. That, that, that's a good, very sketchy. Although there are boobs in it, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but just Ali's seen boobs before. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> yeah, I, that I, big I, fat guy who blows himself up <laughs> eating. I mean, it's it's, it's just a, way for thin. You sure you don't yeah. want one more? Yeah, no. It, it, I mean, it's a really silly thing that she'd probably like. I don't want to mint. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and and she is. She gets that, right? I mean, I I sure. get the feeling yeah. that she's not the yeah. kind of person who's going to hear that and say. Oh, oh! I can say fuck off now. I mean, no, she, no. It, it's it's you know she understands uh, the use of profanity and, yeah. and 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 making how how that makes it funny as opposed to how that <laughs> is something. Yeah, the role the topless roller skaters. Been able to choose his method of execution, right? Which is not really a sex joke. I no. mean, the, the thing about it, right? It's, it's I mean, it's it's like it it is a sex joke and it's not a sex joke at the same time. It's more just silly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say yeah. The Meaning of Life is a good one. 
And if mm-hmm. she likes that, then you could bring her on to the other. Oh, I definitely want to get them into Jabberwocky, you know. maybe like anything that's more sketch. Sorry, more sketch like thing. I don't yeah. like. I don't think the life of Brian is a good one. Like that's a more mm-hmm. that has. I mean, that's. I, it's a great movie. It's probably one of their best. But like, you have to know the Jesus story and appreciate making fun of the Jesus story mm-hmm. to really get all everything out of the life of Brian. Yeah. Uh, although there are some great moments like when he gets saved by aliens. <laughs> I forget what the line is when, when he gets... <laughs> like he just is falling and then just gets saved by aliens and the aliens crash and he falls and some like, you lucky motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they would like parts of, Monty, of the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. But I just think there's too much... I mean, you can, show, you can show the... The fight with the Black Knight, mm-hmm. one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, like, <laughs> all right, we'll call <laughs> draw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that. There's the the French knight the, in the castle, sure. and the um, knight you say knee. Yeah, yeah, for their protection. Yeah, they, that okay. age. yeah. I mean, one of my when I when I watched it, you know, I just loved the whole consult the Book of Armaments. You know, I, I, I think one of my favorites was um, crossing the bridge and they had to answer the questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, the kids would like that one yeah. for sure. Especially if they catch when. Uh... What do you mean? African swallow or. No. or Blue. Rock? No, Greek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. They did. I think they would love that. Oh, my guy doesn't know what his own favorite color is. Um, would they get the guy banging the coconuts instead of the horses? I, I, think, like, they, I think they would. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I think like it's a silly enough movie that they'd get it. They they, they may appreciate it more in like 30 minute increments than, mm-hmm. than as like yeah, a full yeah. movie. Might be a way to do it. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, they'd probably like, part of it would probably be scandalous, right? Like the bring out your dead part, you know, like. For a ten year old, they'd probably be like, "Oh, like they're making jokes about dead people," you know, like that kind of thing. I think it would probably be almost like, you know, when we. But then there's the then there's the part where, you know, how do you know she's a witch? Yeah, <laughs> she floats. <laughs> like what? What? What else floats? <laughs> Very small rocks. Yeah, but I'm thinking like, I'm trying to think how old was I when I like snuck out of my house and listened to Andrew Dice Clay with my friend, right? Like. Scandalous, uh-huh. you know. That yeah, well, I I think kids of this age have are exposed yeah. to so much more. Yeah, probably that that is nothing. That is grade school level. Yeah, maybe you're shit. right. Maybe you're right. Maybe they're ten year olds. She's ready for, you know, like the all the Monty Python level humor. Maybe she's ready for Andrew Dice Clay too. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if Andrew Dice Clay is right away what you want to throw her into. Especially since I don't think Andrew Dice Clay is all that funny no, and I really don't, very no. much more I don't think he's very funny anymore either. But when, how old was I? I was probably oh, no, no. There was a moment when it was or... very, very funny. Yeah, yeah. no. And there, there's, a, there's, there's a market for that. And there's a, and, you know, good on him for exploiting that when it was, when it had his moment, right? I mean, I, 
I, I imagine that, you know, whoever the guy, F. Ritt, I guess it's Andrew Clay. I don't know if that's his, I guess that's actually his name. Um, you know, good on him for figuring out this is what he's still performing. Yeah. The same yeah. Thing. Most, uh, who, I imagine he's, 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 he's updated, he's updated his act a little bit. Yeah. Right? Uh, I, I actually, mean, I'm not sure if he has. I think maybe he still a does that nursery rhyme shit. <laughs> Well, you gotta. He's it, well. I mean, come on. Ozzy Osbourne's doing no more tours. Tour part two now. So, <laughs> I, I just think like if you're if you want to see Andrew Dice Clay, I'd almost want to see him do. I don't have. Have you ever seen the Norm Macdonald thing where he did? A, he, he was the, he was a roast of somebody. I forget who it was, but he just did like dad jokes the whole roast (laughs) it was so funny because it was like the exact opposite of what you do a roast and like if you approach it from like a comedian's perspective Mm -hmm. it was just ridiculously funny right no i I hear you there that's that's pretty funny just just taking this shit out of the whole process and so like in some sense andrew dice clay taking the shit out of himself by doing nursery rhymes where he just does a nursery rhyme or or Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and then he's, says, he, and then says the word fuck, and like just like you know, he he metas himself. He doesn't make it obscene at all, but right? Like he, the sweetest part of the nursery rhyme, he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, like that, that. That would be funny, uh, and like I think you could, like you could, you could do like a sketch like that with a comedian who who does Andrew Dice Clay stuff, but he does mm-hmm. oh and stuff like. Um, Picked a pipe, Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying you know, I'm not saying that's that's super funny, yeah. but in context, it might be. Uh, and doing that would be awesome for for him to sort of evolve on that level. But and then like Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers. Fuck you! Oh, <laughs> just hickory dickory dock. The mouse went up the clock, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Mouse went up the clock to suck a dick. Oh, <laughs> right? I mean, like that kind of thing, where where you're you play with the formula yeah, yeah. enough to enough to make it funny again, or 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 understand that the the audience is is, is along with you for the ride, yeah. so you can. So you can play with the form. Speaking of like you know, dice and stuff, I, you know, Lenny Bruce. I, I never, you know, he was arrested for obscenity and stuff like uh-huh. that. I don't think I've ever really heard any Lenny Bruce. Like, I, I don't I, think it would be all that shocking today. Well, right, right, but I mean, I would, I probably should go find some stuff and just see like how scandalous it was. Well, you know? I, I, I've listened. I, I've, I don't know if I've, I don't know if listened is the right word. I think I've read some stuff and it was just like. Okay, I see why that was scandalous then, but people have gone far out of the way. You know, it's like it's a little like looking at old magic acts in some mm, sense, where yeah. you, especially now, I mean, sawing a woman in half is to, is an example. It's something that, that most people who have any interest in in magic at all know the trick. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it's just it's a it. The the box is designed so that she can fold herself in it, so you're not mm-hmm. actually folding it in there, but you're not actually cutting her. But the 
you know, th- there's something to going back if you're a historian of magic or something to look into that and say, wow, that was well done. But it, you're not going to be impressed by that today. Yeah. I mean, special effects would be another thing to look at, right? Like, you know, you look at some cutting edge special effects with miniatures and stuff. And, you know, I think I, you know, we still appreciate it because we lived uh-huh. through pre-CGI, but, you know, not sure if everyone would. I mean, you look at something like Star Wars and that was awesome and it still, yeah. like, holds up, especially if you, I mean, there's something that, that the special editions did right, which is sort of digitally remove some of the blocky artifacts around mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And there's stuff that the special editions did wrong, which is adding shit. Uh, but, like, the the... The cool thing about miniatures is that it feels real. The eye sees detail that's mm-hmm. actually there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas, and these days, I mean, CGI has evolved a lot, such that it's much harder to see. In so so much that I mean, VX has, visual effects is a, is a major part of essentially every show you watch on TV. Mm-hmm. Without in without exception, mm-hmm. because things like signage, things like making a, a city in the background when people are walking, all this stuff is really easy to composite CGI wise. And if they do the good job, then you don't even notice it. Right. Uh, especially things like metal. I mean, one of the things I remember is they couldn't really do the Iron Man movie right until they got it so that metal looked good. In CGI form. Right. You still can't do organic shit right. It still doesn't... It's not quite there. It's close. They're getting closer. Yeah, it all depends on the scale of things. Yeah. And, like, how, how front and focus it is. Because... Especially when they try to do, like, faces. It still is, like... It oh, still is well, off. I mean, that... We are computers made to recognize faces. I'll tell you what, so. though. You, you saw Infinity War recently, right? Mm-hmm. They did Thanos great. Yeah. I mean, like, that worked. I mean, it was still purple, right? So th- that helped make it. It was a little more alien, but it's still... the you, you saw the emotion and stuff like that. Like, they really worked. I mean, and, and a lot of that was mocap performance. That, that was not digitally animated. That was... Yeah. I mean, it was, but there was mocap performance added into that mm-hmm. and, and all of that stuff. So it... And it, it makes a huge difference when you have an actor doing something as opposed to somebody trying to animate something. Even though, I mean, animators are extraordinarily talented. I'm not saying they couldn't do the job. Uh, but right now, I think that, that like, there's a there's a cusp. There's, sort, there's, there's a level beyond that you can go. But I imagine within 10 years, it'll be really easy to, to put almost any human performance together. Mm-hmm. It's just evolving very quickly, but still doing it by hand is harder than doing it by mocap and that kind of thing. There's just too much subtlety and too much movement. Okay, so maybe a good example of not appreciating appreciating the art previously. Maybe not like sci-fi special effects, but maybe horror special effects, right? Because there was the masters of horror in the '70s and '60s. John and, Carpenter. And, well, it was. It's kind of like the Cronenberg horror is and... the horror is what you don't see, right? Like, you know, like there's certain strategic cutaways so they don't actually have to animate. Oh, that, the well, whole thing. you're thinking more like Hitchcock type Hitchcock, stuff. But, I mean, even in um, oh, yeah. 
Like, I mean, jo- I, like Jaws. You, right, you know, Jaws right. is a lot of what you don't see. Yes, Jaws, well, Jaws is, is, is a, I mean, a fantastic movie that uses that element of not seeing the the main you know not seeing the thing to its advantage but you look at people like Cronenberg and Giger who made elements and and who were who devised things such that you could show them on screen and that still worked uh so <clears throat> I, I don't think that necessarily horror is not I mean like there, there's a lot of the some of the good horror I'm not a horror fan really yeah. So, but but some of the good horror is the stuff that you didn't see. But then some of the good horror was also the stuff that that followed the general horror rules. Yeah, I mean that one thing I watched Creep Show like right before Halloween. It was in like what nineteen eighty two or something mm-hmm. like that, and it had um, you know um, Stephen King had written and directed a couple of the. It was a bunch of vignettes. <laughs> So Stephen King had written a couple, or directed a couple, and then other people directed it. And then um, the effects were done by Night of the Living Dead guy. Um, I don't know. I all I can think of is, is Edlund. Pit, uh, or, anyway, you know, there was, it was pretty, like, it looked so low budget. It looked, you know, like, some of the effects were, like, so cheesy. Well, there's this movie called Society, which uh, I, I, I've heard talked about in Red Letter Media, and the guy was and and Jay said, "I don't want to say anything about it. Just just watch it." And that's what I did. I went in not knowing anything about it, and it starts off as this kind of, and I'm going to spoil it, so be be aware. Uh, it starts off as this as this kind of very, I mean, it, it it's it's I, I was going to say room like. Because I watched it with, um, I watched it with Shane actually. Uh, you remember Shane? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were like, because we we were having fun, just you know, bouncing jokes off. Because it, the the story is is simplistic, but it's not terrible. It's just simplistic and 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 overly obvious. It's this guy who he's he sees he sees weird shit happening around him you're not sure whether he's crazy or whether or or he's actually seeing something you know what what's okay. actually happening he he's adopted he th- he thinks he's maybe adopted whatever it turns out he is adopted or something like that and his family is not just rich and 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 powerful but they're also these sort of and they're not really aliens. They've just been around another species that's been around, and they turn into these like flesh pot things that just these weird surrealistic flesh things that surround and eat other flesh, and they just okay. they mix in, in, into each other like flesh globs. Okay. It, it's it's awesome because because it's like because because you're you're waiting for this reveal and you think it's going to be aliens or something like that and it turns into this weird just ridiculous surreal flesh glob thing of of blobs and eating shit. It's awesome and gross and dumb and silly and fun all at the same time and just like the the fact that it was all practical and it all you feel satisfied even though it was a dumb movie 
and they were very obvious, but it was just trying to get to this point where they could have these creatures and show them basically 10 minutes of this party <laughs> where these flesh blobs are eating people and stuff like that. Okay. And it's great. It's, <laughs> it's this, it's this wonderful, just like, uh, like you can feel the exuberance of, of the filmmakers just, Yes, we get to do this. Mm-hmm. We we had to spend an hour setting up all this nonsense for this to pay off in a way that you'll be that you will feel the release the same way we will, where you just be like, "Yes, oh <laughs> great!" Cool. Uh, and so it's one of those things. Like in in some sense, I I feel sorry for spoiling it because. But then again, I mean, you you would have to spend an hour fifteen like, watching this not great movie to get to that point, mm-hmm. and then the, you might question like, if I said you have to watch Society, I have, you have to watch Society, uh, you would be like, that was it. You might be like that. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Whereas, I know watching it. If I was mm-hmm. watching it with you, it'd be a different story because then we could like we could be there and just sort of sure. Immerse ourselves and look at what look at what we're watching. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's the kind of thing you should watch with, with with somebody who would enjoy it. But it, like getting to that point and showing and showing all that stuff was the point. Uh, so I don't necessarily think that not showing the monster or, or you know that 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 showing as little as the monster as possible makes a horror movie. Uh, it can, and oh, it can be very effective. My point was that it was a tool they had to use a lot. Yeah, in practical days, because you couldn't, you couldn't do your effects horrific enough, right? When now with CGI, you can. Yeah, you you can do anything you can imagine for the most part, but right. it can still look really super fake. And it dumb. can, it can, but there was just you, know, you couldn't have these. You couldn't go grand with effects, so you had to. I, I think you still really it. can't unless you're putting a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at something like uh, Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's an enormous amount of of technical work and CGI and you know, incredible artists went into that, and there the the look of that movie is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Everything about the look is incredible. The thing looks like it. They spent two hundred million dollars mm-hmm. making it, uh, but it doesn't help the movie no. because there's no, so there's nothing there to. to, to when you to mentioned bring you Shane, in. you made me think of something. Um, have you do you watch Men in the High Castle or have you ever watched Men? In the I High know Castle? the st- it's based on a Heinlein, not Heinlein, uh, not Heinlein, um, uh, Philip K. Dick story yeah. where it's uh, an alternate universe where the, where the Nazis conquered America. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know if you, you you so you called it an alternate universe, and uh, that makes it a little more true than you might think. So they're in season three right now. Oh, they actually have access to different universes. Yes. Ah. And I'm not sure I like it. Yeah, that, that's a weird way for it to go, right? It's a really weird way for it to go. So here's what happened. Well, the reason made me think of it. You mentioned Shane, and you know the Jap. So. The setup, <laughs> the setup was that um, America lost World War Two. Yeah. So North America is occupied by Germany on the east and Japan on the west, and like the Rocky Mountains are kind of like a neutral zone. And um, 
there was a scene a lot of the a lot of the japanese stuff is in japanese and subcaptioned and you know we've talked about before like my one obscenity that i know in japanese is shut up motherfucker right uda se bakayaro uh so they like i was I was in here working on the printer here, and it was, I was playing on that monitor, so I was just kind of, you know, just soaking it in, right? And I hear Bakayaro. I'm like, wait, what? I review, rewind it. They actually subcaptioned it as like dumbass or stupid ass, like instead of motherfucker. So it was curious how. Well, you only got motherfucker from the, your one friend, yeah, and Shane friend. was like saying it was just a really bad way yeah, to talk yeah, to somebody. Yeah. So I think yeah, that maybe it's, that's it. Yeah. That could be it, but yeah. So like, I like, wait, what? My my my, my phrase. Do you remember said... Fringe? Did you ever watch Fringe? Yeah, yeah. So like, Fringe was had the sort of alternate universe kind of baked in, although they didn't get to it until midway through the first season, and they didn't really start to exploit it until the second. Really, the third season with Fringe was great, and then it it kind of fell apart after that. Uh, I mean, I think the fourth season was was I, I think the second season was was good. The third season was great, and then it kind of slowly. Yeah, I don't know why they went with the alternative. So in season two, they started finding these films where the Allies won the war, right? Like there's these, Hitler has a collection of these films and the kind of the resistance, the underground resistance in North America has these films and are passing them around. And it just, it's weird, right? Like, okay, the Nazis won. Why is there these films of of the alternate history? And then yeah, in this season, they get a little more info from the like the underground resistance, and guess what? There's travelers, just kind of like in Travelers, except for time, it's dimensions, and alternate universes. And of uh, the spoilers here for um, season three of Man in the High Castle, the Nazis have a cave in the Poconos, and they are working on a portal so they can take over other dimensions. They want to march armies from that dimension into other dimensions they want to be multi-dimensional empire okay i have something i need to go to the bathroom because i but i have something okay. to add like to say to this so i'm gonna have play dream girl again okay and i'm gonna go to the bathroom okay the following song is brought to you by Chex mix some dude once said that love is a many funny things i know there's a perfect girl out there for me Cause I see her in my dreams. Dream girl, you're a fantasy. You're the only one out there for me, my love. Dream girl, you amaze me, all dressed in paisley. Love how not one but both eyes are lazy. When I first saw you, you were driving the bus. Thick skin, strong nose like a rhinoceros. Dream girl, so beautiful, lips all crummy. Skin like asphalt, nose so runny. Thick thighs, no ways, not a care in the world. You not crazy, girl, you just my baby Yo, girl. Your vision and sweats with a neon pouch. Half-eaten squirrel hanging out of your mouth. Rainbow poncho, the female tonto. Hear a loud noise, drop a bucket like a bronco. in the city you like a hot bowl of grits only way more gritty straight dripping in turquoise my santa fe queen one short leg you got the santa fe lean it's music to my ears
eyes when you scream and you sleep And when you lift your skirt in public, yo, I can't help but peek You like Cleopatra with the eyes of a pig Love to watch you in the backyard when you go out to dig Girl, how'd you get those mouse traps glued to your neck? Little rascal, how'd you get screwed to the deck? You put away slurpees like a trash can Your smile's all stainy and you're not too brainy And I, I like that Talking to your shoe like it's your friend I like that Yelling at the walls and make pretend I like that Telling you to stop and then you don't You say you're gonna stab me in my sleep But you won't Last week thought I saw you on the street Turned out it was a bag of trash Just a big old bag of trash I thought you looked like a bag of trash Girl, I pitch a tent when you stomp in the room Like a hellbound turkey mixed with a baboon You're sexy and you're spicy like a bowl of checks mix And I always feel safe when I'm in your flesh mitts Your teeth so clean, could've swore you were British Never take the checks mix, cause you always get skittish Open clams with both feet, cause you're ambidextrous No point, cause we know you eat nothing but checks mix Checks mix, number one food stack in the land It's a cereal uh-huh. taste that you eat with your hands Yeah, baby Boy that was a good interlude while you went to the restroom there. Listeners and I got to most of the listeners and I got to enjoy it for the first time. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great song. I like how it it goes from in like three different angles, right? Um. Okay. So, so here's what what I'm imagining. I think I think about that premise, and I think about okay, we're living in the prime timeline, the, the, the timeline that the universe wants to be in for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Sure. And they're in some sort of alternate timeline and the universe is trying to correct for that. So imagine a squeezy ball, just some mm-hmm. stress ball. You squeeze it, right? And if you think about what's going on internally, there's a lot of stuff going on internally. There's a lot of kinks and and things and, and all this mechanical stress is applying, but it's try, it wants to get back to its original position. Mm-hmm. So however it tr- tries to manifest itself getting back to its original shape, it could be in a bunch of different ways. It could be by heating, it could be by me- you know, mechanical uh, manipulation, it could be by the stress on the, on, on the polymers, etc. So one of the ways that the universe could be trying to get back into its original shape is by manifesting... Travelers trying to push the universe back into the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, that could be. Like that could be a cool like angle to push it on. And why wouldn't, in some sense, if you would go to an angle, you could see the Nazis saying, "Well, let's try to invade these other places." But the universe is going to be fighting against them, so that wouldn't yeah, work. So the one thing they found at the end was you can only travel if you don't exist in the destination universe, right? If you exist there, you die when you try to travel. You turn into a pile of goo. Because uh, they said that's like, sort of that's sort of like a time cop thing. Remember that? I don't remember time cop. No. I mean, I remember the movie. I don't remember the in time cop. You couldn't have the same matter in the same space. So they had a young. Ron Silver and an older yet Ron Silver, and when they okay. touched, they turned into like this goo blob. Okay. Yeah, because like they were doing. Uh, so Hitler's dead. Him, Himmler's the the Fuhrer, and he's there. And they're doing a big show for him, and they're to they have four slaves, you know, in their mother's cart. And they're pushing them into the portal, 
and uh, they only find three dog tags, right? So like one of them warped, but the other three died. And someone, uh, I forget who said this, not the Nazis don't know this info, but um, it just happens that the Rebellion Underground was in the cave system at the same time and looking through a vent and saw this thing happen, right? Mm-hmm. Very, very lucky timing. And um, it's a story. Yeah. And then some <laughs> somehow, I think on that side of the storyline, someone um, proposed that uh, they were able to warp because uh, you know that person didn't exist in the other reality. But it's weird, right? Because okay, okay, I'm going to play this game. Like think about well, how do you define person existing? Right? Like what if your mom marries someone else? Right? And uh-huh. has a child that. It's half your DNA, but not the rest, right? You know that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, it, 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 it's weird because what does it mean when you say a per like, am I the same person I was ten years ago? I don't think so. Um, I yeah. may share some cells, but for the most part, probably none, uh, except for some shared experiences and some social connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I never really searched this scientifically. I know there's a, a Ben Folds song that says that you recycle your cells every seven years. Yeah, there, there's yeah, there's various yeah, different numbers, yeah. and and I, seven years is the one I've heard. But I'm going with the idea that there's probably some cells that are longer age, and some cells that are shorter age. Like your mm-hmm. skin refreshes yeah. essentially every couple weeks, mm-hmm. uh, and I imagine over over time, like your brain cells, do do they get reconstruct? I don't know. Yeah, you hear that you don't get new brain cells, right? So. Yeah, I don't know. Never yeah. really did any of the research on that kind of thing. Uh, on on a on a really subatomic level, things are being interchanged all the time. Yeah. So on that level, nothing really stays. Yeah. If you, the do, same. If you just saw it, not even a, yeah, not a cellular level, but a matter level, right? You stuff is being exchanged and exchanged out, and even if a cell lives. You know, how much of the matter is the original matter? I mean, it, it almost doesn't make sense to to, yeah. to to talk about that because it's all the same anyway. One electron and another electron are exactly the same. Yeah. Um, this is where the idea, uh, I don't want to get too far away, but have you, have you heard of the one electron universe? No. So this, this is an idea that is it's out there. Um, but it, it helped Feynman uh, come up with uh, some, some of his theories of quantum electrodynamics. Uh, and the idea was from his professor Wheeler, who is important guy in, in sci-fi. But he said, okay, he called him one night, apparently, and said, well, Feynman was one of his grad students. I know why all electrons are exactly the same. And Feynman was like, why? And he says, because it's all the same electron. And his idea was, it is every electron we see is one electron moving back and forth through time everywhere in the universe. And what we what how would we notice that? Well, we would see that as when it moved, when it passed our like world sheet, if you will, mm-hmm. we would see it as an electron going one way, we would see it as a positron going another way, as it passes back and forth. Um, and while it's silly and absurd, it's also it doesn't conflict with anything. <laughs> right? Like it it's it's just really fast. It it like I mean I mean, who knows on that level, right? It, it's a it, it's an absurd theory to imagine, and it's not the way that physics went. But on the same level, you you can't say that an electron is moving 
that you can say an electron is moving forward in time and a positron is moving backwards in time in some sense they're the same exact process and the same exact mm-hmm. thing uh they are it's indistinguishable you could say an electron moving forward in time and a positron being an electron moving backward in time versus a positron being antimatter it, it is indistinguishable which one is which we don't see an excess of positrons which we would expect to see if it was actually an electron popping back and forth between <laughs> but it could be right i mean that like there's nothing preventing that if you just sort of assume this weird this this weird structure of the yeah. universe uh the the point is there is a way to to rationalize that but for bring further back the stuff we're made of the same protons and electrons is very silly on some level because they're all the same particle they're all the same thing excitations mm-hmm. and as far as as far as we know our current theory says excitations of of one field all electrons are excitations of the electron field they're all the same because they're all the same mm-hmm. thing uh so when one gets transferred to another what does that really mean doesn't really mean anything uh so are you made of the same stuff uh, you're always made of the same stuff or you're never made of the same stuff right you, so that it, it sort of falls apart all of that and that's what I was, what I was talking before in the pre-show about how the ph- philosophically and you get down to that level it all kind of becomes this construction you've made sure. of I, stories at, at that point I think it's I think the curious point is okay am I me really comes down to the consciousness part of it right and like it, it's interesting that you're able to maintain it the consciousness even though the material that and builds I, that yeah and i think that the, the the answer to that or at least the the answer that that has that seems to me to be the most appropriate is that consciousness is a process not a thing uh and mm-hmm. so therefore it's because this process is occurring uh it feels continuous, uh, but it's not. In in fact, you can interrupt it in various ways, or you can change it just by drinking alcohol. We can change the way our consciousness works, uh, but you can you know stop it with you can sleep. Uh, how do you know when you are when you fall asleep? That when you wake up, that you weren't vaporized and cloned to be exactly the same bits. You don't, but you assume that you. Mm-hmm. It's continuous. Uh, would you Would you have any idea? Would you be able to notice any difference? I don't have an answer to that question. I don't know that anybody can answer that question because I don't know whether that question makes any sense. Right. Uh, but consciousness makes the most sense to me as a, as a process, and then therefore it doesn't seem all that mysterious. Right. But I mean, you know, it, it's also the human observation thing, right? Just like flat earth and all that other shit right you know it's you know i'm me i'm the same me i was yesterday right i still have you know this birthmark here on my cheek or whatever right you know so of course i'm me you know so you don't because you don't see the material being different right just because there's not markers Mm -hmm. on the different you know atoms yeah and and you know if you start to think about it you either go down this path of ridiculousness or or you fall into the math path Mm mm-hmm uh, and the math path is is really very alluring, yeah. Because it explains a lot. 
uh, and it's really predictive and it, it, it is very, very effective at predicting the future. So it's very alluring. But at some point you get to the question of, well, where does that come from? Uh, and you find yourself at an impasse. No matter how far, no, no matter, in, unless you commit yourself to believing that math is the universe or something like that, but then you've fallen into a, a, a very lit religious supposition. Uh, at some point, you find yourself inevitably falling into some kind of religious supposition of some sort. Uh, or you find yourself kind of lost in, in, a, in an abyss which is where I kind of find myself in this sort of nihilistic sense where, well, nothing matters, but I consider it, and other people have, have said the same thing. Needed Arby's. It's what? <laughs> but it, no, yeah, yeah, nihilistic Arby's. It's sort of an, it's an optimistic nihilism because in the sense that, well, if, if, if nowhere is, is the center of the universe, then anywhere can be the center of the universe and you can define it for yourself. And that means that you can apply your own uh, opinions to how things work, and but you're of course your opinions are influenced by everything around you, but that doesn't mean that they're not real mm -hmm. uh, to you. They're, it does mean that they're not real to the universe. It does mean that the universe doesn't care uh, on a large level, but you can care on your own without it having external meaning. Mm -hmm. Um. And without that, and and with that meaning being however constructed you want it to be, you can still call that free will, even though the idea of free will falls apart if you considered like a universe that follows rules. Right? There's there's so much here to unpack that when you try to, there's you inevitably fall into either some sort of religion or a kind of radical nihilism. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sort of where I fall is the radical yeah. nihilism part. Yeah. Real quick, back to um, the man in the white, the man in the high castle. Yeah. It, this whole, this whole premise of this multiple universe thing and being able to go there it drives me nuts because, like, why does Himmler want to conquer other realities when he doesn't, when he hasn't conquered the entire Earth yet, in his reality? Yeah. Right. Good point. And then, like, as a viewer, I want. You know, maybe to, maybe he feels like he can get better technology, like yeah, there are maybe, iPhones in there. But okay, well, so maybe part of it is Japan just got the atom bomb, right? Um, actually tested it in you know in America, like in Utah, like like or New Mexico, where like the you know they tested it like where Americans would have tested the atom bomb. So that was it's a, it's a decent place to test yeah. something. No one no one lives there. Yeah. It's a desert. The I thought the Germans had the atom bomb, and that's how they. Help conquer America, but I'm not sure now. I, I have to it go, could be that, the, but, but the Japanese might have, found a secret. They might have done it with conventional weapons. But it's like, I I want the time on screen for the next season of The Man High Castle, the German, the Japanese fighting the Germans, or I, actually, I want to see what's what's England and France up to, you know? I want to, <laughs> like, I, like, I, I don't need these other dimensions. Like, now yeah, it's like... Yeah, no, but you gotta, you gotta appreciate where the story's taking you and, yeah. and see whether that, yeah. that drags you or not. Like, it, it feels like what you were saying with The Expanse, I'm not gonna push you on The Expanse any, any further. It seems like you just did, okay, you didn't like it, fine fine and, and i'm happy with that but you you seem to want it to go a certain way or want the, the story to go a certain way and the story didn't didn't fulfill you in that sense and so you're just like well i'm out and i i accept that now i, mean, I just wanted to 
to you wanted to care. see something different. I, want, than, I wanted to care about the people. <laughs> they don't. And I, I think that if if you were to, to pay attention, it's funny. I was talking with a friend of mine about this, right? And he he thought starting at Delta V and like skipping the first two seasons, like like I missed all the stuff I needed to know. Yeah, so. and, and the reason why I suggested starting at Delta V was because when I rewatched like this season, I noticed that Delta V reintroduced mm-hmm. very carefully every single thing okay. and went over every single aspect. The Delta V and the next episode just reintroduced yeah. everything very specifically. As if it were, because it is a new book, and it is just like is for for people who are coming on new, like they they just. So it's like the reason why it says our Delta right. V is because sure. it's just seven ep- episodes or seven or eight episodes, and you can just start from there, watch those, and th- that will get you everything you need to know about the series if you watch that whole thing. And you can watch the previous stuff if you if you want to care if you care how it got that way, or you could not. Mm-hmm. But Delta V was sure. a starting point where. Sure. You you could jump in there and not you don't need anything else was okay. my, was was the point so you can tell that to your friend um, story wise so you mentioned they the the allies in uh, Manheim's castle just happened to come upon a vent and see while that happened mm-hmm. but that's storytelling I, yeah. I remember in a Westworld thread I was talking about how awful awful I felt the Westworld season two was and. To the threads credit, most of the people were at the point where they were like, "Yeah, this, that sucked." Like, they, a lot of people who were saying who were defending the show for much of the season were like, "Cause got to wait to the end," and that's when it all mm-hmm. comes together. And they were like, well, "When it came, it was just nonsense; didn't make any sense." There were people who were defending it, and one of the things that that I kept that that, that I was pointing out was the weird way the the, the gross incompetence of the West, like, in order for, for any of the story to make, the story doesn't make sense, but in order for any of the story to even follow, the the the, the corporation itself, in fact, everyone involved in every, in, in every part has to be grossly incompetent to a level that is absurd. And people were then saying, have you ever worked in a large corporation or, or worked for a large corporation? And I, And my point is, like, yeah, well, real life doesn't follow a story structure. And yeah, it's true in most corporations. In fact, in pretty much every large organization, there's corruption and there's and, and there's malfeasance and there's people who, who aren't up with it and who aren't and, and who do have gross incompetence. But that doesn't make for a good story. <laughs> like if you mm-hmm. if you go into stories expecting that the opposition is going to be incompetent because that's the way the world works, then all the tension, any any stakes are gone. So that's not good storytelling. So by storytelling, you assume that the that the opposition or, or whoever is competent, mm-hmm. be, unless it is explicitly shown on screen that they're not, because then it dissolves any tension and there's nothing that you right. care about. It's it's the, so you have to you have to structure stories these way this way that people in the high castle the, the, the rebels or whoever found their way to the event at just mm-hmm. the right time to get the information yeah. because that makes for a better story yeah. and i totally accept that in terms of storytelling yeah story stories do not conform to reality they're they're about yeah. getting across what's happening i mean and and the great storytellers can do that in a way that you don't even feel that that sense of oh like like 
uh, Better Call Saul, I think, is such fantastic storytelling that you don't feel, particularly with, with the with the Saul, with, with mm-hmm. the Jimmy McGill stuff, you don't feel the manipulation that is obviously happening in order to be able to tell the story. Right. It feels so natural mm-hmm. uh, that these things fall into place. And I think it's it's to do with, you know, the, how skilled the writers are. And also, from what I understand, how they run their writer's room where they they constantly are writing themselves into corners and then find their way out of it as opposed to plotting it ahead. I know a lot of people say, oh, you should plot ahead so that you know what's going to happen. Whereas they have an end goal, lost-like, but they keep plotting themselves into corners. Right. But in order in order to get themselves Oh, away, this is really good. Let's go this way. Oh, shit. Now it's harder to get out, but mm-hmm. the story's better overall. Right. And... and because you're doing that dynamically, you can dynamically find your way out. Mm-hmm. And if you're skilled enough, it feels natural. It feels like this is the result of things that happen that we've seen or the result of the world that they live in, mm-hmm. not the result of a writer making sure these things collide in order right. for you to get the information that uh, that you know what's happening. Right. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll like uh, dimension traveling Nazis, but uh, I wanted to learn. It doesn't more. sound like you're into it, but I mean, I it, wanted to learn more about the world. Yeah, I mean, like that's it's definitely an interesting. It just seems so, like an easy out, and it also seems like yeah, it seems like a waste of a premise, right? Like, what a great premise! Isn't it cooler to to? Well, and part of it is the you know commentary on current events mm-hmm. and stuff like that maybe maybe the dimension traveling will tie it somehow but i i did see that david simon who did the wire you don't you watch the wire right? mm-hmm. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah oh yeah uh she she the wire he's doing um that that porn thing now but that's ending next oh, season okay. i forget what it's called Oh, like HB, the HBO thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With, with James Franco in it. Okay. Anyway, um, he's going to be doing, I think, an eight-part series where Charles Lindbergh, following a Jewish family in the United States where Charles Lindbergh runs for president and gets elected on a very fascist sort of theme. Oh, okay. So that sort of sounds very similar. Yeah. Uh, but, and I think David Simon, not da- yeah, not David Simon, um, uh, David Simon did, did Sopranos. Um, the Wire guy. <laughs> uh, is good at telling those kind yeah. of stories. Yeah. So we'll see You know what, what comes out of that. That's great. That's cool. Cool, not cool. Why do we have to tell these stories? Why can't we live in a world where we have bubblegum pop music and everyone's happy? <laughs> Because no one ever, because no one's ever actually happy. Everyone, everyone, everyone remembers themselves being happy. Eat at Arby's, except when they are happy, and then they inevitably crash. Because if you're happy all the time, how would you know? Hmm. I consider myself a pretty happy person. But I mean, but you recognize when you're not. Yeah. Therefore, you know what happiness is yeah. because if you're happy all the time how would you know what happiness is you would not have anything to compare it to good point i gotta pee all right see ya